Welcome to the next episode of Perspectives with Jeremiah Stevenson. This is your host, Jeremiah Stevenson, and I have a wonderful actor, writer, and director, Ryan. Ooh. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> I'm trying to you, you, you got to do the three word names. Yeah, it's, it's like, like oh, it's like uh, Sam L. Jackson. You have to say the whole thing. Like, Samuel L. What does L stand for? I don't know. Oh. I was talking about him uh, with somebody recently because he's a Morehouse grad, also. Yes, I and, didn't know that. Well. No, no, he went to Morehouse, not a grad here. Oh, he didn't got kicked out. Really? Yeah, Why yeah. did he did he say motherfucker too many times? <laughs> no, right? No, he he actually uh, was hold, was part of a group of guys like holding a student protest, oh. and they took um, like the administration building like hostage. Nice, including like Martin Luther King's father oh. uh, was one of the people that they'd like Whoa. held back and like in, yeah. I mean, I don't remember what the protest was about, but mm-hmm. yeah, he actually he got kicked out. Of That's Morehouse. crazy. Yeah. So I need to go back and read more about Samuel Jackson. Right, That's interesting really cool. story. Yeah. I, I want to learn more about that because I'm paraphrasing and well, there's a lot more No, that's there. okay. I was reading a lot of um, Stokely Carmichael when I was growing up. Yeah, so the Freedom yeah. Riders and um, was it U.S. Berkeley or something Berkeley and mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that they did. So that was really interesting. And I'm not going to cut that out because <laughs> yeah. that was like awesome <laughs> conversation. Awesome. <laughs> but for all of the... Uh, but for everyone joining us, this is Brian Ashton Smith. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm well. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing pretty good. good. I just got back in town from a nice wedding this past weekend. One of my best awesome. friends got married, so... That was really cool. It is the season, really man. Cool. How has yeah. your weekend been? Weekend, uh, this weekend has been just really mostly surrounding work. Um, and I helped my, my fiance with an audition. She awesome. actually just got signed with AMT recently. So. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, she's, That's very cool. She's, she's pretty stoked. Awesome. How long have you guys been engaged? Uh, we've been engaged since November, so okay. however many months that is. <laughs> what is, yeah, what I think is it's this now? This March is, March is almost now. April, so that's what. I should, I should know the dates. Like, I, hey, I as long as you know the birthday. wedding date, that's all that matters. Right, October wedding 13th. Date, there yeah. we go. Very <laughs> nice. Um, so we're going to jump right on into it, like cool. I always do. I'm yeah. always like, let's have some build-up conversation, and I'm like, no, let's just get to it. You know, who's <laughs> here for that? So, um, who are you, and what is your story? My name is Brian Ashton Smith. That's my name, but that's not necessarily who I am. Let's see. Who am I? Um, I am an actor here in Atlanta. I uh, was born and raised in New Jersey um, in a predominantly white area. Um, so I, I, I grew up as a token, I, I guess you could say. Awesome. Uh, but my mother was an English teacher. She made sure that like, uh, <laughs> my brother and I had... Names that you wouldn't be able to, like, you know, discriminate yes. against us based off of our name on any resumes or right. anything like that. And, you know, taught us diction. <laughs> so, <laughs> which, you know, in acting has served me well. So, yes, very yeah. much so. Very much so. Um, but, yeah, I moved to Atlanta. Um, God, I guess, what, 16 years ago? Okay. Um, I went to Morehouse. I came here for college mm-hmm. and um, went to Morehouse, graduated in... Oh three, uh, nope. Oh seven. Sorry, what graduated high school in oh three? <laughs> ah, long day. Sorry. Hey, no, it's all good. It's all good. What was your childhood like? You said you grew up in a predominantly uh, Caucasian neighborhood, in that community. How was that? What was that like for you? Um, you know, at the time, you know, when you're you're a kid, you don't really know all the messed up things around you that are happening because mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's life. Yeah. You're, you're just, just moving like, through oh, your day and everything's fine. Today. Let's yeah. keep going. Let's you know, keep... there was, I mean, it, I don't want to get like too dark or you too can't, hey, I don't no, know how. This is, you can't. This okay. is literally cool. anything yeah. and everything. I remember like, I mean, everything. second grade was the first time I was called a nigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that I, I, and ran to my teacher like crying and angry and like she just went to the kid and was like hey no name calling sweetie as if that's all that that was you know wow uh so yeah my parents were um livid when uh when they found out um 
But um, I mean, you know, I I, I didn't really think much of um, being the only black kid. I mean, I, I did have my brother there. I mean, there mm-hmm. were there were a few others okay. um, growing up where I was. So, like, <laughs> like, there were a few others yeah, that I mean, were alive. Like <laughs> in in middle school, we had in like uh, our elementary school. There may have been like six black kids in the whole school. My brother and I were two of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's like. Yeah, it's it was it was somewhat of a token lifestyle, but um, we 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 did find sense of a, a community in other places. I mean, you know, we played with everybody, and mm-hmm. you know, but um, we were part of this organization, Jack and Jill, okay. um, which takes you know African American families from like across the region of, of certain regions in in the state, and we'll bring them together for you know group outings. So oh, okay. we can, there's, there's kind of a sense of community that you build there, yeah. um, and teaches kids like some really great things. I won a couple oratorical competitions and whatnot, and I nice. uh, got to travel a lot through that organization. But yeah, it was fun. How did that experience with Jack and Jill influence you within the black culture? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, so I, in all honesty, that's one of the reasons why I, I chose Morehouse. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to an HBCU. Like okay. I'd gotten into a couple other schools, uh, and had just decided I wanted to be in a predominantly black environment just mm-hmm. because I wanted to see what that was going to be like. Cause right. I mean, mo- most of my life was around a predominantly white environment. Right. Um, or I would say pretty mixed. I mean, we had, um, there was, there was a lot of Hispanic kids growing up. Um, but yeah, mm. um, yeah, it was primarily a, a Jewish community, I suppose. Like, okay. uh, my, at least in high school, it was. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, wanting to see if there was like kind of a, a sense of community somewhere else, like you know, in in an all black environment. Right. I, Jack and Jill didn't quite feel like that for me mm-hmm. because it was as much as you know we had friends and everything. Like, it was kind of cliquish, also, just yeah. like. Anything, you know, it's just like any any group of kids are going to be. Yeah. I was homeschooled all the way through. Really? Yes. And I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood and community. Mm-hmm. And even in homeschool co-op where you go on Wednesdays and meet up with kids, it's very cliquish there too. Yeah. So at yeah. some point I ended up making my own group of people. Yeah. And so yeah. that was really cool. But one of the things you said I wanted to jump back on. Mm-hmm. So growing up for me... Whenever I started branching out and I got a job when I was 15, I used to go to the YMCA all the time. Nice. Um, there were some black girls that were, like, super cool. I was, like, in love with one of them. And we used to, like, hang out and play basketball and then go to the hot tub. And it's like, we were just hanging out. Mm-hmm. But at some point, whenever we first met each other, they were like, what's wrong with you? Why do you talk like that? Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, yeah. what? Like, <laughs> you know, like, and I was like, I just know the king's English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is just what English sounds like. Yeah, and like this is my voice. Like, this like, is what happens. Yeah, uh, like I don't know. Oh. And so, at a very, that was like my first really interaction with other black people that weren't my family. Mm-hmm. So at that point, there was kind of that uh, is ostracization. Is that the word I'm looking for? Ostracized. Yeah, ostracized. You were absolutely ostr- ostracized. Yeah. yeah, being ostracized from that part of the black community because. Mm-hmm. I ended up meeting more people, and I had I grew up in Brunswick, Georgia. Okay, so we have like our country black guys, we have our like our gangster black guys, mm-hmm. we have like all these different black people, and I didn't. Fit it's in almost any of as them. if we're not a monolith. Wow. Yes, yeah, it's like <laughs> everyone is so different. Everyone wow. has their own ideas. Everyone is like we can literally grow up within a ten mile radius, no. and everyone's going to have be our own people. Yes. Wow, yeah, <laughs> our own individual who we are as a person. Yeah. So that was there. How. 
And if there was, what was that ostracization for you? What did that look like for you? Oh, that and absolutely how did that was. Kind of, how did you deal with that? Mm-hmm. I, I'd been called an Oreo for pretty much my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Same. oh, you're black on the outside, but white on, on the, the inside. inside. And yeah. You're one of the good ones, and you speak so well <laughs> as if I should speak any other way. Yes, uh, yeah. like it, it. That does. If anything, like you think that's a compliment, but all that makes me do is question what your, your original opinion of me was. Yes, you know, absolutely. Like, Before I open my mouth, <laughs> what did you what think you I should have talked of? Yes. Like, you or know, sounded that's, like yeah, yeah. This is a really bad joke, but whenever I first moved up here. I told my sister, I was like, Samantha, there's so many like great black people up here. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so oh my god, I found some good ones. <laughs> and it was really bad. <laughs> and so she just you should be ashamed. I of am. Her. But I was like, it was funny, but it's like it like it's sad that even for me, mm-hmm. who has felt that ostracization, that I I had taken on that mindset too. Yeah. And that is something that I think if people have more conversations with each other, you can really see where people are coming from Mm -hmm. and you don't have to, even though I felt like I wasn't a part of that community, that's very much a part of my story. Yeah. And that is a lot of, where am I going with this? There's like a whole, like three different things, but you know what I'm getting at? It's like, don't hate the people that hated you. Like, Learn how, there's, um, there's a, learn how not to be them. Yes. Like, yes. Learn how not to take on those angers and opposition exactly and put that on yeah. other people it's because so. it's weird like i mean yes yeah, growing up in a predominantly white area um you know the, the white kids telling me i talked white mm-hmm. um and even a few of the black kids telling me i talk white there mm-hmm. was um an area we went to church in morristown that had a larger black population okay and you know when come high school you know you start driving around the area a little more and hanging out with kids from different schools mm-hmm. and all and even then like feeling like you very much didn't belong because like you know um, I wasn't black enough mm-hmm. as if that were, you know, right. It's, 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 I also had that where I wasn't black enough, but I also wasn't white enough. Mm-hmm. And it's very much like stuck in the middle with me. <laughs> and it's just you yeah. and your siblings. Yeah. Um, and being homeschooled, I think helped a little, not a little bit, a lot mm-hmm. because during my high school years there's like two years i may not have been that long i was a child mm-hmm. it just felt like a really long time where it's just like it's just me in my room i'm depressed and i'm listening to a lot of music people <laughs> look real me. emo yeah <laughs> no i yeah. really i went through like a whole emo phase it was crazy yeah and i appreciate that because i found a lot of my own self-worth mm-hmm. before going out and meeting all these other kids that had all these other ideas and brightness and just darkness and like yeah. all this just like oh god calm yeah. down what are you learning in school like what the fuck that's fucking crazy. Stop being stupid. So, <laughs> not everyone's like that. I will yeah. say that. Not everyone is like that. But once I got out and I did see the very, the both sides of just culture mm-hmm. and not feeling connected, I was able to have more of a ground for, we spent so much time alone. Like we just need to accept ourselves. Yeah. And then if no one accepts us, We'll just find somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. find another Not friend. Not finding your self-worth in yes. just the people directly around you. It's right. Like, yeah. It's very Having much it ingrained within in yourself. yourself. Yeah. Because at that point, you have more ability to change other people by the way you are. Because maybe some people don't know who they are. And you shine kind of like a light of like, this is the security I have within myself because of who I am, who I've studied and just the information that I've allowed to come into my mind. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I like that. That's yeah. awesome. 
Like, how do I get to that point? Just read some books, listen to some music, <laughs> sit at home you in know, a room for a little spend bit. Spend some time by yourself for a little yeah. while and figure yourself and out. Accept it. Yeah. So that was one of the things I am really grateful for. But it's still, watching it to this day, it's still weird where you're like, I do feel a little more connected to my black brothers and sisters. <laughs> and these white people still like me. Yeah. But I'm still kind of like... I'm kind of in that limbo phase. Yeah. And I, I, I've gotten to a place where I've kind of accepted that and like I've made, I've added that to my identity. Like mm-hmm. it's not who I am, but I've added that the ability to flow between both cultures. It's been double consciousness. Yes. Um, it, in some ways, you know, people consider it code switching. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's the double consciousness that a lot of African Americans kind of have to have, mm-hmm. you know, how we are around our, our around each other, mm-hmm. like and just hanging out, and how we are, like say in corporate America or white America, which you know people, some people like will consider standard America, yeah. if you will, like yeah. as if there's like a a default version of America and everything that else is secondary. Mm-hmm. So you've got to learn that. And then, like, learn our home life. It's it's also <laughs> you know? the idea of, like, your street knowledge and your book knowledge. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just knowledge. And yeah. depending on the way you, depending on what you've been exposed to, you'll learn both, mm-hmm. one of the two. And you can always learn them at some point. But, like, just get common sense first, and then we'll... Oh, man. <laughs> just it, get common sense first. It is surprisingly <laughs> uncommon. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> I went home this weekend, and I uh, went to... Oh, I almost said Chick-fil-A. What is it? KFC, mm-hmm. and I had not dealt with this level of incompetence in such a long time. Mm. It was so frustrating, and it was just a lack of maybe just busyness. It wasn't knowledge. It was just like, wow, really so busy. They're just like weeded. And Me and my friend were about... ordering chicken. Mm-hmm. We we're ordering chicken to take to this wedding, and we both asked for twelve pieces. Mm-hmm. Twelve piece bucket. Twelve piece bucket. They come out and they're like, "Is this y'all's chicken? Like, this is for you. Like, here's thirty six pieces." And they put it all in, like, one box instead of two separate orders. And it's not that they didn't, like, it just, you only have 12 pieces. And, like, like you only sell 12. We're the only two in line. How do you get 36? Yeah. I think you said 32. Whatever it was, it caught me off guard because it was like, but it's like what? 24. That, like, no, yeah, no. What? And even then, 12 and 12. 12 and 12. Not 24. Not, like, oh we, my we're not asking you to put them together. And the cashier was like, 12s. he looked like he wanted to, like, shoot somebody. I was like, calm down, child. You were, like, a high school <laughs> kid. Like, you should not be that mad. You're selling chicken. Calm down. Like, Believe me, you're going to have much bigger problems in your life than this. Than this. Like, you're going to be I'm, okay. This is an easy order. It's not like I'm asking for a whole combo. I'm literally asking for a 12 piece a 12 piece 12 pieces both times not 34 yeah. like just calm yeah down. so i don't know how i got on that that's just like always that's been popping up in my mind this entire week or the entire weekend <laughs> like, god man those kids at kfc, KFC just, come uh, on man like and maybe that's what it was he's still in high school he hasn't learned his fractions and his additions and the multiplications yet like i don't know <laughs> chick-fil-a apparently pays better even though they're very homophobic but hey maybe hey, hey. maybe maybe they've taken all the good <laughs> cashier talent i will say they have gotten because i make a lot of runs mm-hmm and for as busy as they are, and it's annoying, they are, like, so organized in, like, getting you their food, 
But coming back from um, where I lived, everyone, I feel like, worships KFC. Or, wow, I'm stuck with KFC. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh my god, it's God's gift to the world! It's just some great chicken! Mm. And I'm like, it's just some chicken. They, like, yeah. chill out. But, you know, like, like as oh um, as a company, they do treat their employees much yeah. better. Like, as, like, as far as fast food chains go, mm-hmm. like, they, um, yeah, I... I known some friends who's like kids worked at chick-fil-a and yeah. i've done some training videos and oh, really? for them so nice. it's like oh this is a good policy that you guys follow nice yeah i've <laughs> had a lot of friends that have worked and made some kfc's mm-hmm. jesus Chick-fil-A. take me away take me away you Chick-fil-A. need to go get some chick i need to go to sleep because i feel like it's like in your brain right it's now just chicken KFC. i don't like chicken generally but like yeah. it's just like i've been there uh kfc was such a bad experience so uh, <laughs> we'll jump back a little bit and uh, how was your experience at uh, Morehouse. What was More, that like? Morehouse was an interesting experience because, um, yeah, it, it was my first time like living and staying in like an all black environment for mm-hmm. the most part, mm-hmm. um, and um, didn't quite feel at home there either. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was that e- even though this is a place of higher learning, and you mm-hmm. know, there's there it was clickish in the sense that like, oh well, like you're not like really black or mm-hmm. like what you know what, what does that even mean? Right, like, right. And I mean, I'm. I'm also a nerd, so that's there's the thing there. <laughs> so like, like I'm very much a black nerd, <laughs> yeah. and I mean I I I I, I wear that as a badge of honor. Oh, like, absolutely. I, I, it was interesting because you know as a nerd, you're still trying to find like a sense of community there, mm-hmm. um, and people are thinking like, oh, that Dragon Ball Z, that's white stuff. You're not, you're mm, nah, yeah. <laughs> like you know. Well, one of the things to derail just one quick mm-hmm. second. I've always wondered the fascination with black culture and anime. Yeah. That's a huge thing. Yeah, it is. And I don't understand why. I just got back into anime. Um, really? Yeah, I was into it for like a little bit. I watched like three or four shows and then I got out of it just because I was just busy with doing a bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. And I was out um, back in December. I was at a movie with my friend and his wife. And we walked out and they are trying to tell me about something. And he looks at this girl who has a Naruto shirt on. Mm. And he says something about like some show he's talking about. And he looks at her and he's like, hey, you watch anime? What did you feel whenever this happened in this anime? And she was like, oh my God. <laughs> so then her and her friend came over and he was like, hey, you watch anime? You know, like when this happened in this series and this happened? Uh-huh. And she was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then they all came over and started talking about so many different series. Just made friends. Just, also being an anime, yeah. anime fan. And then like, yeah. he looks at me and someone's like, and this is why you need to watch anime. Yeah. Because you can literally make connections with anybody about this one show you watched when this one character died or this one character like had a kid or like you it's it brings people together so i I was like i need to start watching anime again i have a theory and and and, uh, this might just be like my own personal theory but like uh i think that black people have such a connection to like anime and even like um comic books Mm -hmm. and things like of that nature just because it's like an underdog Mm. and um they're they're surviving and thriving in a system that is designed for them to fail yes so there's a way like the, yeah. it, it it sounds familiar yes very <laughs> like, much so um, and especially like in, in anime specifically it's such you know extreme circumstances mm-hmm. that it's like it, it's it's enough of an escape yeah. um, <laughs> that you can relate to like, yes huh. You know, like um, with Death Note, one of the things I loved about that anime is the I always tell people it's a psychological, philosophical thriller. Absolutely. And it really yeah. makes you think. It, it just really does. It makes you think about like, what would you do in certain, in certain circumstances? Like, you want to think that like, oh, yeah, I'd I be, would be the good guy. Mm-hmm. Only take out the bad guys if I take anyone out at all. Yeah, but you but can like, see how just having good intentions can derail you in so yeah. many different ways. Yeah. It and, becomes the survival of the self. 
One of my favorite films, like back in the day, uh, Chronicle. Do you Ooh, remember that? I, yes, yes, I have seen Chronicle. Oh yes. man, like it's super it, good because you, you're following this kid who, like, you're rooting for the whole mm-hmm. time, and it's not until like, like, you know, halfway through the movie, three quarters of the movie, you're like, wait a minute, he's that great. This guy's a he's a villain. <laughs> like, how, is, you know, how did that happen? Yeah. I was yeah. rooting for you, man, yeah. and you're you're pretty you're evil. Pretty like, you know, yeah. stop it. Like, so calm down. One of the first stories where you're like actively following and rooting for mm-hmm. the antagonist for a while. Yeah, like, Breaking Bad did that wonderfully too. See, like, I, I haven't watched Breaking Bad. I hear <gasps> it's so good. I hear it's so good. Um, I, I, in a way, I envy you mm-hmm. because if you do watch it, like mm-hmm. you, you've got such a journey ahead of you, man. Yeah. It is, it is, I, it is a wild ride. Dexter was one of my shows. Like, I love Dexter. Like, I, I loved it when it started. I loved it up until I love. Most of the seasons, they're like one or two here or there. I'm like, eh. But then everything up until like the last episode or the last two episodes, I was like, that didn't happen. They just, like, it's they, okay. they it went was, downhill. They just, they like, we got to wrap it up. So do X Machina this. And yeah. It's like, it is, yeah. yeah. So is there anything else about Morehouse you want to touch on before we keep going? Um, sure. Yeah. I will, I will say that like, um, in that uh, in that transition where I was like trying to figure out what I want to do for you know the rest of my life essentially right. it was that those struggles the uh, decisions that like nineteen year olds have to make I I found that's when I really discovered acting mm-hmm. uh, and I mean I'd been acting in like high school plays and you know things be- before that but like before I had the confidence to be like I think I can do this and like make a career out of it right um, it uh, it gave me a confidence that really really helped me like throughout life i mean i i was able to when i finished school like i, I still finished in four years oh uh, whoa you changed your majors like five times and you still finished in four years yeah because i was on academic scholarship and i wasn't paying for it very nice so, yeah you were like i, <laughs> I gotta like, finish you mean in four if i don't years. finish i'm gonna have to pay for this yeah <laughs> no. no i'm gonna finish like, <laughs> absolutely yeah. so um but like you know i found that sense of community among other actors and friends like uh and my my crew is all doing such great stuff right nice. now. Like my boy Brooks actually just got signed. Uh, he well he just got cast as a lead in a show uh, nice. on Freeform opposite Jordan Sparks. Like, oh wow! And my my boy Phil in LA is doing things like I don't know if you played the most recent NBA Two K. Like the main character really is him. Nice. Like there yeah my my crew's doing good stuff. That's man. awesome. Like I'm That's I'm awesome. really proud of them. My boy Gerard's like touring right now doing a play. Like yeah, it's, I love how. Coming from Brunswick, I hope you don't hear that, but we're going to keep going. Mm. Um, so coming from Brunswick, this small, it's not a small town. It's big enough to where you can know nobody, mm-hmm. but it's small enough to where you can know everybody. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those towns. Um, and everyone knows your business if you let it out. <laughs> so <laughs> meeting all these kids as I was growing up, there was a, there's so much creativity there. And I have a few friends that actually have made it up here. And one of them was on the podcast. I have a few that are scheduled to come up here. But we're all doing little different things. So it's super awesome and really mm-hmm. encouraging to see, like, oh, wow. Like, we made it out of there. And we're, like, doing things that are, like, bigger and better. And, like, it's really cool. And But one of the things I really hope to do is, at some point, is to not necessarily go back there. Mm-hmm. But help funnel that creativity there so that it can build itself up because there's so many creative people yeah. there's so many things that's awesome you just need an outlet to get it out yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh da, 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 da. writing and directing is that more recent i'm trying to keep a timeline somewhat mm-hmm. how when did that begin is that not long after you graduated morehouse and you started acting how did you step into that yeah so um 
I'd really just focused on acting for uh, for the longest, mm-hmm. um, and um, it was actually after I, I was out in LA visiting uh, my my friend Phil uh, and met with the casting director Twinkie Bird, um, who's an amazing human being. Nice, um, and. So she mentioned a couple things, and, and it, it's very much that idea that if the wind will not serve, take the oars. Okay. Like, if this is your career and something that you're passionate about, something that you want to do, you can't just leave it up to other people to to look and say, yeah, I'll, I'll choose this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. You have to make your own opportunities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I started writing some things here and there, um, and I, I'll be honest, like, this is one of my... One of my weaknesses and one of, um, I guess it's the next major challenge that I really want to tackle is to turn those ideas into actual projects that are just like out there and things that are, you know, mm-hmm. are, are being done. Absolutely. Uh, so I've, I've got a couple scripts actually right now that I wrote um, and um, writing two others. Uh, nice. And uh, this year I want to I make some of them mm-hmm. uh, so they're not just ideas anymore. Yeah. You know, I always, I have several friends that have been writing, producing some things and it's always great to hear the spark of the idea mm-hmm. and then the challenges around it oh yeah because as a human being we very much as much as we want to be comfortable and complacent like we don't always like it but it, we try to fight find that in life yeah but to hear them get to the challenges and like oh like so this is gonna like if i write it i'm gonna have to do this and if i write it, i'm gonna have to do this and this is the next step the next step the next step finding that time to sh- shut up do that first part, mm-hmm. just put the pen to paper and keep going. Yeah. Like I had to stop drinking by myself because I get ideas. <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, quite recently I was at home and I drank by myself. I called like nine people and I was like, Hey, I have this idea. We're going to, I need you guys to like do this for me and send it to me as soon as possible. It won't be out until next year, but it'll be great. And it'll be mm-hmm. great. And then like three days later I was like, Dang, I have to do that now. <laughs> um, like I've, I've already started I, the. I've started that wheel rolling downhill, so it's got to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. I'm really excited about it. But now that I'm not intoxicated, I have gotten to the place where I'm looking at the bigger picture at mm-hmm. first. So whenever I reach out to everybody, it's like, "This is the final product. This is what it's going to be." Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think about all the proper steps. Now I can stop and be like, "All right, what's the first thing to do? Let's just get this one piece and this one piece, yeah, and then we'll go from there." Yeah, and so yeah, no, that's hearing the challenges. What is your challenge? Like whenever you get an idea, what does that look like for you? So, um, for example, this there's a script that I've been like mulling around in my head, and I just like finished the first draft like a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and want to get it out to people to um, you know uh, get some feedback, um, and. Man, the way I wrote it is just, it's going to be difficult to film. So, like, I think one of my challenges is um, is kind of saying no to myself before, <laughs> you know, uh, before anyone else can, you know? Right, like, right. So, like, this one project, that I, I think I've got, like, six six different locations okay. in, like, a short film. Okay. Like, a ten-minute <laughs> film. Like, hey. It's like, but, like, they're all, like, important to the story. Yes, like, trying to figure so. out how to do this. So, mm-hmm. it's like... I mean, how much money do I want to pump into a, right. you know, a short film? But, like, the message of it, I think, is really good. And I think it has potential to be, like, a really great thing. Right, right, right. So I want to, I want to finish it and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I just really have to figure out the logistics. And the idea of that is kind of daunting, especially, like, it being, like, the first project that I'm personally yeah, producing and it's, directing. It's all on you. It's like, this is my project. Brian, it's all on your shoulders. You know? <laughs> if you fuck it up, it's all your fucking It's all on you. It's, it's all like, on you. So it's, 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 it's... 
interesting and and daunting but like um I have such a good group of friends that and and the people that I've kind of been lucky enough to have in my life that mm. are just inspiring like I um my fiance yeah. she wrote and um directed um a short film called Feast recently I forgot I saw that, I saw about that That's Yeah awesome. and it's been doing really well in the circuits mm-hmm. uh, in the festival circuits it just um, we just had a show in Germany. Very nice. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Why did I have you on the podcast? You need to get out of here. <laughs> right? Yeah, let me just Be call Melissa. Let me call Melissa. <laughs> You're done. You're done. That's awesome. But like, you know, seeing people around me who are doing it mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, it, it, it shows me that it is possible. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, um, you know, and financing is always a thing, like trying to figure out how am I going to pay for it. Yes. And I, like, I don't want to go around like, panhandling <laughs> like we're just you give know, me some money give me a GoFundMe like for this project that I want to do and you know and, and I think there's plenty of people out there who would mm-hmm. um, I'm just not comfortable asking I guess it's 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 a weird thing to do yeah um, so yeah trying to figure that out but there's also you know grants and figuring out how to apply for those like there's so many challenges mm-hmm. but all of them have solutions yes. it's just the matter a matter of like sitting myself down and figuring what those and, solutions are going to yeah, be yeah giving the time and the mind space to how can I put this piece of the puzzle together exactly to make the bigger yeah. picture yeah we're gonna jump back again because mm-hmm. I love jumping around that's yeah. all this podcast <laughs> it should good. be jumping around with Jeremiah in conversation <laughs> what were outside of the black culture and the white culture what were what was a challenge that you had to face within yourself that you had to overcome that you had to learn how to heal from or you're still learning how to combat to this day mm-hmm. yeah um, that's a good question um, and, and in all honesty, this does relate uh, to my um, identity as a black man, um, and especially being raised around a white space. I was always told that like I had to be smaller. I had to like make myself smaller. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I'm 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 six two. Uh, it was six foot at um, like you know thirteen, fourteen yeah. years old. Like I was <laughs> I was a, I was a tall kid, and I was always like bigger and like faster than other people around yeah. me, and all. So, like, playing just, like, as a child, you know, just playing around, like, mm-hmm. you know, in gym class, they'd be like, you can't do that. You're going to hurt somebody. Yeah, yeah and it's like, just playing gym. like everyone else is yeah. playing. But, like, I'd always, like, been told I had to, like, dampen myself down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I got really good at that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, <laughs> you know, you didn't want, I didn't want to stand out too much and I'd get in trouble because, right. you know, I was just playing like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um and I'll be honest, like, I think acting has uh, been really, really beneficial for me because mm-hmm. um, in doing so, um, I, I studied Meisner for okay. years, still studying, still a student of Meisner. I mean. yeah. um, but it um, it really opened me up to my own emotions okay. and, and let me be aware of what they are and being comfortable in them mm-hmm. um, so that I didn't have to, like, make myself feel small you know what i mean like or or tone myself down i can i can live larger and Mm -hmm. be authentic and be be myself you know and be comfortable in that one of the things i've been telling a lot of my friends recently is you're valid in everything that you feel and you're Mm -hmm. valid in those emotions because if you don't acknowledge them you will put them away and you will be that will come up at some other point. Yeah. And, and maybe remember. not in the healthiest way. And not most of the time, yeah. not in the healthiest yeah. way. Sometimes it takes three years before you're like, Oh, this is how I truly feel about the situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to step back and take care of it. But if you're always telling yourself, I'm down in these emotions, what can I do to properly function as a full human being in a proper and a healthy way? 
you yeah. can tackle life in a far more effective way. Yeah, and and oddly enough, I just had this conversation with somebody in uh, one of the most extreme ways that I could think about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll, I'll tell you that story in a little bit, but like okay. this, this conversation was um, essentially about that yeah your feelings are valid and it's okay to feel them mm-hmm. it is it's important to have like a constructive way to feel them yes uh so that you're not you know lashing out and hurting people or mm-hmm. hurting yourself mm-hmm. um but um like for me that was very much that was that was acting like i don't it's funny like uh the idea that society has on masculinity mm-hmm. you know you have to men don't cry mm-hmm. men are this men are that like mm-hmm. no i think it takes so much more courage to uh, to to acknowledge what you're actually mm-hmm. feeling and and deal with it. It takes you a lot know? of time. It takes so much more it, courage than to yeah. just like say, I don't feel anything. I'm like that's a mask and it's 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 cowardly. Yes. You know? It's it's the it's the easy way out. It is. Because you you sideswipe everything that's happening and then all that continues to build up and build up until one day you're like Yeah. Oh, you just put I'm, this all this stuff in a bag and eventually in that bag rips what's gonna what's happen gonna happen? Then, yeah. You know? And who does that affect? Like and, that's something that very much needs to be addressed in a very real and authentic way. Yeah. And because we are seeing the consequences of it every day. Right. And it's messed up. I think it's so much more, you know, masculine, manly. Like, I think it's just a, an adult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, an emotionally mature thing to yes. do. To, instead of just putting all of these emotions in a bag, like, mm-hmm. look at each one, figure out what it is, figure out how you're going to handle it. So you don't have to keep throwing things in yeah. a bag and hide it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I just started talking to... A lady. Oh, nice. Um, okay, okay. She's, 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 uh, she's great. Um, and one of the things I'm always telling her is like, honesty. Is like, I'm going to come at you oh, with yeah. like the most utmost honesty. Because mm-hmm. that, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. I got things I got to do. There's a million things I haven't done. There's mm-hmm. one of the things that I was like, let me one Miranda. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I, there's so much that I know I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. But I know this is a part of my life that I need to fill. I'm trying to find that. So be honest with me so that we're on the same page. Because if not, I can go write this off and then turn the page. So yeah. I can keep writing my story. It's just another so, chapter. Like yeah. This. yeah. So like be a sentence if you want to or be a chapter. Or be, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. But just, and it's hard for some people. I do understand that. But it's you feel so much more free and you have such a healthier and fuller life when you get to a place of understanding your emotions. Absolutely. Like understanding your emotions, understanding, I won't even say who you are because you can understand what you feel and not have a really good sense of who you are, but they kind of do go hand in hand as you're going as a human being. Yeah. Like a lot of the people is like, oh, not a lot of people, a lot of people my age and I've heard some older people is like, damn it, I've got an adult today. Like and they say it was Adulting such a is hard. it's hard and like <laughs> yeah. if the greatest things don't come from like sitting around jacking off to the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know why that's the first thing I went to. I mean, if that's what you're doing with your day, I hope you enjoy those five minutes, I mean, ten minutes. Yeah. I don't know what it is for you, but like you know, do do more with your life than yeah. that. <laughs> like, like the easiest things don't come from without challenge. There is no growth. Absolutely. Without challenge, there is no growth. So find a place where you can set yourself up to have multiple challenges in little increments and build yourself up to, hey, I'm going to take on this thing today. I'm going to take on this thing tomorrow and this thing. And just get to a place where you can grow Yeah. and have those things. Because that friction, without the friction, you can't start a fire. If you feel like you're called to change the world, you need some friction to start the flame to change the world. Wow. 
oh, oh, I'm speaking, y'all. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that just came to my head. But yeah, so that that was my thoughts on that. It's interesting. Like I just listened to um, uh, Brian Cranston's audiobook uh, of Ooh. his like biography. Yes. Like and it's phenomenal, phenomenal read. Uh, or listen, that's what I did. <laughs> like, um, Either way, you got the information. Yeah, and you know, anytime I get to hear like the author say yes. the story in his own words, yes. like he re- he was the reader for it. Nice. Like, yeah, then then yeah, I'm, I'm here for that. That's most dope. Um, but he had this one thing that I really like, really resonated with me because like I'm, I'm a very competitive person. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm, like, taking a class, like, part of me always wants to be, like, the best in the class. Mm-hmm. I want to, like, you know, I'm, oh, I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta be good at this. You I gotta, rise to the occasion. Yeah, I want to rise and be, like, at the top of the game, yeah. you know? Um, and he, he did this, he, he mentioned that it's, like, he took so many classes and was, like, if ever I felt like I was the best in the class, I left. Mm. Like, I need, I need to be the worst in the class so I have somewhere to go. Ooh. And I was like, oh, Ooh. I was like relishing being at the top of the class. Oh, like, that's this is crazy. Good. But it's like, no, no. like, it, no, challenge yourself. Yeah. Like, if, if, if I feel like, if I ever feel like I'm at the best of the class, like, mm. what are you learning? What are you learning? You know? Oh, wow. That's great. Well, one of the things that I've done is I have multiple men in my life that are like older than me. And I have a lot of women too, like my grandmother and one of my cousins and like, these ladies that are just phenomenal people, business mm-hmm. women that I talk to, not always about like life instruction, but like having them within my circle has just like raised my level of uh, not consciousness or knowledge, just raised my awareness, has mm. raised my awareness in how life can be lived in such a way that you can be successful in your heart, in your spirit, and like out in the world. Yeah. And so it's been really cool to see and meet other people that have found that same thing where it's like you can find the, the people that can pour into you and like help you be someone who can give to other people. Yeah. Because how can yeah. you give to others if you're not filled up yourself? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well said. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pick something to talk about. I feel like, because I don't even want to ask you questions now. Yeah, there was no. something I, was, I said I was going to come back oh, to, and I don't remember what it was. There was a story you said you were uh, going to come back to that... Oh, yeah, the circumstances in which I was having that conversation with someone else yes. uh, more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Forgive me if uh, and whoever is out there hears this story and hears me talk. I'm not going to say any names or anything. <laughs> um, but um, I was in an environment where um, a friend of mine's ex-boyfriend and mm-hmm. I'd consider him a friend too like I didn't know him that well mm-hmm. uh, but we but we knew each other yeah. um, uh, came and was uh, pretty much suicidal I okay. mean he, he was saying like we need to talk like mm-hmm. she just moved out and yeah. like there she has her own space she's like trying to make space yeah. you know and um, create space between them and uh, he was talking about how he had a gun and he was like looking for a reason not to go use it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'd, I was like just getting off of work. I had like three auditions to film that night mm-hmm. and was like, you know, had stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like he, this guy just was in a dark place and like we, I, as a person, like I've been in dark places before. Sure. It's sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. Absolutely. Uh, and he, he just needed that, mm-hmm. I think. So uh, we, he asked what I was doing after work. I was like, you know what, man, it doesn't matter. Like, what, what do you need? Yeah, let me know. Um, and um, we went over to a, a bar nearby, and we just like had a couple beers and talked about mm-hmm. life. And he vented some things about his relationship. Was looking for answers, mm-hmm. and 
Um, just God just really needs closure yeah. out of the relationship. And I had this one um, <laughs> relationship a while ago where, like, I the. I learned that the closure can't come from someone else. Mm-hmm. You have to find that in yourself, yourself. you know? Yeah. Because um, sometimes they're just not going to be there to give it for, to you. Yeah. And even if you get what you think you want, mm-hmm. it's not going to provide closure. Right, <laughs> you know, right. that has to come from you. Yeah. Um, but like, it was exhausting. Um, of a, It was an exhausting conversation, but I'm, I'm glad I had it because mm-hmm. like, I He's still around. Yeah. Talked him off a ledge. Hey. Yeah. Uh, and he, um, I think he's going to, I think he's going to start some acting classes. Nice. In all honesty. That's awesome. Like he, he just, I, I think people in general need a sense of community. Yes. You know? Um, and if when it's when they feel ostracized that they start to, you know, resort to, to the darker things in life. One of the things <laughs> that I've always, not always, one of the things that I've seen growing up is I used to, Whenever I started meeting all my friends in high school, a lot of the girls from the high schools used to come to me for like, oh my gosh, I'm sucking Bobby's dick this weekend, but I don't feel whole as a person. What's going on? And so I'm like, stop sucking dick and think about yourself. Like, what's going on? Why are you going after do that dick? Do you want like, to suck the dick? Like, what's, like, what's, what's, what's if you happening? don't want to do that, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of a lot of self-worth mm-hmm. that they weren't finding within themselves, so they're trying to find it in different ways. It wasn't just sex, everybody. I'm just, yeah. that's generally what it was, though. <laughs> But it was a deeper issue, and yeah. no one was taking the time to really find that out. And so I had uh, one of my friends who was doing a lot of self-harm, and I spent a lot of time sitting there and just trying to find out, not necessarily why, but what was it that you were looking for? Mm-hmm. Because you want to feel something that's better you want to feel something that's not like the pain that you're feeling within. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a deterrent. But I just talked to this person recently and she was telling me why. Because it's been years and like I was actually teaching a group of kids about like self-harm. So I called her the morning of mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, I'm teaching this thing about self-harm. I know I haven't talked to you in like a year and a half or so. But like what were like the things that you were going to? Why? And one of the things she said was she felt so neglected from other people mm-hmm. that there was no one that would listen. Like she didn't have an outlet and she didn't feel like she could trust the people that were trying to listen to her. Mm. And so being ostracized is very, no, it I, can cause so many, it does so many like problems. that sense of community for, for your, you know, for your own soul is just so important. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I did this play water by the spoonful, uh, where I played a guy who was a, a, a recovering addict. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, it's, it's, it's it's a pretty heavy piece, but like I did a lot of research into addiction uh, mm-hmm. for that role, and um, so there was this study in addiction that I thought uh, was really fascinating because you know most people understand addiction as something that happens like kind of to them. Like mm-hmm. you try a thing, it's t- it takes over your body, and you have no free will anymore, and it's just <laughs> you know you're you're done. Yeah. Um, but this study put a bunch of mice in a cage and put. Um, two water bottles in there. Uh, one was laced with cocaine. Okay. Um, and at some point, all of the mice in the cage drank from both water bottles, but they really focused on the, um, uh, the social behavior of the mice and noticed it was only the few mice that were like kind of ostracized and were, um, kind of considered like the outliers. They didn't play with the other mice, you know, weren't Mm -hmm. part of that group, Mm -hmm. uh, that, um, 
were the ones consistently going back to the water bottle with cocaine in it. Oh. Uh, whereas, you know, the others would just, like, drink from one, drink from the other, and be like, mm, I don't really I'm care about the, weekend, the difference. So yeah, I'm a weekend user. Yeah. <laughs> but, no. I don't need it every day. <laughs> but it, it just was really fascinating, and it kind of showed um, the importance of, like, feeling belonging or a sense mm-hmm. of community. And, and um, if you don't have it, trying to find like you know mm-hmm. it, clearly you can try and find it elsewhere and sometimes it's not in places that are productive yeah um for me this kind of speaks back to whenever i was uh i just graduated high school i had applied to three different colleges got accepted to two one wouldn't let me in because i was one point below my math and and i couldn't take remedial classes so i was like what? yeah uh the other two one was too expensive and i didn't try and get the hope scholarship mm. um but everything ended up working out. But however, I just didn't have passion at that point in my life. And I was like, what am I doing? And I just drove myself crazy into just working all the time. Mm. And so I was reading something within the last year and a half or so where it talks about generally, it's almost talking about multitasking, but you have like three facets of life. Mm -hmm. You have your social places, you have your social, your work, and then maybe the other one was emotion. It was something similar to that aspect, mm-hmm. and for the most part, you can give full attention to... If you're going to give full attention to two of them, one's going to lack. Mm. So... So you need balance. You need balance. Yeah. And that I didn't... I, what, I don't remember what I did. I learned to calm the fuck down. That was like the biggest <laughs> thing. And that's something that I've brought back into One this thing, year of my life. Breathe. Is like calming down. Yeah. It's because I'm very... I'm such a person that has such a high-minded, like, oh, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, mm-hmm. and then I get stuck. And at the time, I was just focused on what is my next step? What is my next step? I wasn't looking at what am I doing right now? Mm. Who are the people that I am in a relationship with, like friend-wise? Who, like, what are the things that I can be doing skill-wise with the jobs that I I was doing? Like, I wasn't paying attention to the things happening in front of me Mm -hmm. that I was so strung out on the future that I wasn't looking and taking care of myself because of the present. In the present, yeah. 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 So that's, that's what kind of reminds me of. Yeah. So, do you have anything available online that people can check out? Like, are any of your shorts online? Some, like, I can link it in the podcast description, but, like, if sure. people want to see your work, what do they do? Yeah, um, okay. So, there's a couple things. If you wanted to see things I've done that's current, or that's out right now, you can watch. Um a couple small roles and things here and there. Like it was an office Christmas party. Oh, um, were you? What? Yeah, I was. I was the bartender. <laughs> oh snap! I need to go back and watch that movie. Dude, I remember watching that before. I have movie. played the oh bartender gosh. in so many things. It's like, am I being typecast <laughs> and, because I've bartended? And I was going to say, you <laughs> like, actually bartended. Yeah, at the moment, like, don't you? Yeah, I was a bartender in Office Christmas Party. I was a bartender in the pilot episode of Good Behavior. Okay. Um, I was a bartender in uh, episode of The Game. Um, okay. And I was. Um, God, there's more, and I'm losing. Them, but like no, <laughs> but you're a good bartender. Enough that I'm like in real life and in film. Thing? Yeah, it, apparently it is. Does it pay the bills? Is the question? It, no, no, yeah, it does. There you go. Yeah, in both both places. Yeah, <laughs> um, nice. but uh, yeah, so that's cool. Um, I do some theater. I'm actually doing uh, the next Shakespeare on Drop show also. Very nice. Uh, which is Measure for Measure on April 23rd. Okay. Um, I get to play a drunk guy. Which nice. Is, which is fun because, you know, Shakespeare on Drop, everyone's already everyone's drunk. Everyone's already so drunk. Cool. Yeah. It's so oh, nice. I love it. <laughs> like, if you all get a chance to... Wait, when did you say it is? April 23rd. April 23rd. This episode will be out? 
next Friday. So oh, yes, cool. They'll definitely nice. be able to hear. Yeah, there's time. Yeah, yeah, I always record it like a week or two beforehand. So yes, <laughs> go see Shakespeare on Draft. I feel like we just recorded the outro. Oh, nice. Which is terrible on me. Or <laughs> but I can cut it and move it and chop it around. Cool. I'll, I'll, hit, yeah. I'll hit that studio booth, which is just my laptop. I will say there's other stuff that like uh, well it's not out yet um, mm-hmm. but I, I starred in a, a feature film uh, recently nice. with my fiance she was my girlfriend at the time but oh. we, we both starred in a film together with Eric Roberts that's uh, awesome we filmed uh, actually this time last year we were, we were filming oh very um, nice so it's they're finishing up post right now well no they just finished post but yeah it's I don't know what their distribution is going to be for it okay. um, but like looking forward to, to nice. seeing that because it looked real good awesome um, what I'll do is I'll have you. Are you cool with people finding Instagram or sure, Facebook? Yeah. Not Facebook. I don't like Facebook. Um, <laughs> Instagram. We'll yeah. do the Instagram <laughs> handle at the, right after this. Cool. Cool. So, now is the time in the podcast where I go back to our last guest. Okay. And they ask a question to the guest that comes after them. Mm-hmm. And last episode, we had a gentleman that's awesome. And for those of you who don't know who it is, go listen to the last episode and you'll find <laughs> out who it is. Um, yeah. You actually don't know who it is because you didn't listen to it. I didn't. That's you. Don't not, have to. It's all good. I no, no, I, I want to though. Don't, so, but don't, like, don't patronize no, me. No, don't I know. I know. That's I'm not what's happening. No. <laughs> don't, don't you do that don't to me? Do don't that. you do that no. to me? Just, just no. show up and record this episode and go away. Be yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. No, let I'm, me use I, you. Don't, don't you let tell me not to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to it. All right, Brian. Okay. Our question from our previous guest is: What do you want your legacy to be? That is a, a very good question. Holy uh, crap. Um, <laughs> in all honesty, I think I, um, I think I would just want to continue my father's legacy. Hmm. Uh, my dad, he, he just recently passed and, uh, in October. Um, and it, um, so planning a funeral is not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad lived such a full life that like it, it to just to do it justice. We ended up having three funerals. Oh, whoa. Um, uh, he wanted to be buried where, um, uh, in my mom's, um, my, so my mom's family owns like they, they have a home church and they own the graveyard there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where my mom has every intention of being buried. Right. Um, and, he wanted to be buried there. So we did a service there. Mm-hmm. Um, he had so many friends and family here in Atlanta. So we had like a small service for the neighbors and all here. Well, we, we thought was going to be a small service ended right. up not being small at all. Wow. A lot of people showed up. Wow. Um, and, um, he's from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of his brothers and sisters were too old to travel, um, mm-hmm. that far. Like, so we, we wanted to make sure that we had a service in North Carolina for him. That's awesome. Uh, that for them. So awesome. And we didn't even, con- we didn't even have time to consider New Jersey where like he spent a good portion of his life where I was born and raised and mm-hmm. had, he owned business in New Jersey. And, like, oh, wow. Um, but I'm the result of uh, this, my dad's second marriage. Okay. Um, and he raised two families. Hmm. Uh, like one from childhood to adults, uh, he and his ex-wife di- got a divorce, uh, and then he met my mom mm-hmm. and did the whole thing all over again. Wow! <laughs> like, wow! It's just, I mean, he the man just had so much love in his heart. He was the kind of person who could like make friends with a bag of dry leaves. I mean, like, <laughs> and like he could, he could. He could talk to anybody and yeah. instantly just like you know he never met a stranger kind of person you yeah. know, um, and that's just in, in thinking about 
on my dad's legacy, it was just really inspiring that he just had that much love and light in his life. Mm. Um, that I, I think I, I would be, I'll consider this life a success if I could, you know, measure up to part of that, yeah. you know? One of the things I always say, because I can't wait to have my own kids. I mean, I can't wait. Me too, man. I'm so, like, I'm so I, I want to be a dad so bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I cannot wait. I can't yeah. wait, but I'm so excited. Like, I can wait, and I will wait. But, but I will I, wait, but, but I like, really want kids. I really kids. want kids. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and this is also an encouragement to you, you have already, you have already hit that point, and now you're going to do more than what he did, and that is continuing his legacy, because as a parent, you do everything that you can for your children to get them to a place where they can have something better than what you had. Mm-hmm. And he obviously has provided so much love and support and encouragement to you yeah. that you already encompass that. And I've only known you for like a year and a half or so, yeah. but like you already encompass that. So as you continue growing forth and going forth and growing, like that just continues to expand. So, Thank you, man. Yeah, definitely. Oh, my God. That was really great. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Like, don't worry. You're already, like, walking <laughs> that path, like, abundantly. Nice. So. That's yeah, that's yeah. good to hear. Thank you. That's yeah. really nice of you to say. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what would you like your question to be for the next guest? Oh, man. How do I live up to a legacy <laughs> question? Jeez. Ah. As, I tell everyone, as I tell everyone at the beginning of the podcast before we record, yeah. you can ask anything. Yeah. It can be deep. It can be crazy. It can be out of this world. Yeah. But it's uh, whatever you want it to be. If you had the power to change one thing on this earth and it would be changed irrevocably, what would it be? Hold up. Say that word again, irrevocably? Wow. (laughs) Irrevocably. Whoa. Give me that definition. It's um, something that cannot be taken back or revoked. Say it again. That's awesome. Irrevocably. 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 (laughs) Irrevocably. I've just talked to someone recently that expanded my uh, vocabulary a little bit. Nice. This is a new word that I want to add. Irrevocably. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Super sweet. So if you could change, say it one more time. If you could change just one thing on this planet uh, and it would be changed irrevocably, what would it be? Awesome. Super cool. Brian, (laughs) for the third time, (laughs) for those of you listening, this is the third time we've had to record the closing out. The computer's doing some weird stuff. It's fine. But thank you so much for joining us today. Man, it was an absolute blast. I've had a fun time. Um, I am getting to the point where I'm telling this to everybody. I hope you come back on again. Dude, I would love to. Hopefully I do this long enough to have more people on. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to close out and I'll let you close out. Sure. Um, This is Jeremiah Stevenson, the host of Perspectives with Jeremiah Stevenson. You can find me on Instagram at ParkourGeek, and that's P-A-R-K-O-U-R-G-3-3-K. You can also find me on YouTube at A Token's Take. A-T-O-K-E-N apostrophe S-T-A-K-E. You can also find me on Facebook, Jeremiah Stevenson. But I'm not going to add you because I don't know you. (laughs) Take it away, Brian. I am Brian Ashton Smith. You can find me on Instagram at Bastions. That's B-A-S-H-T-O-N-S. You can find me on Facebook under Brian Ashton Smith. But again, I, I only add people I know, so... Hopefully I know you. <laughs> <laughs> and don't go hunting him down if you don't. It's yeah. Facebook is not that important to be yeah, friends with people. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, 
I guess that's all the the socials, right? I yeah, mean, I, I guess so. I don't. I don't Twitter. Snapchat a fit. I, I don't twit. I, I'm not gonna. You don't twit. I'm not <laughs> you don't a, twit. Yeah, no, that's that's the president's thing. I don't do that. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> despise Twitter entirely. Um, I don't Snapchat anymore. I used to Snapchat close friends. I am on Twitter. I guess I should. Sure. Um, hmm. If you want to, I don't, I don't even know my. It's. I think it's. Uh, uh, it's still at. It's at it's at uh, whatever your Twitter. Let's see is. if I can open up. The I, like, I don't follow the you on Twitter. Twitter sphere thing. I don't follow myself on Twitter. I just remember my Twitter name. Are we gonna put our Twitter names up there? Maybe. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, there. Yeah, it's at thebashsmith.com. Like at t h e b a s h a. Jesus, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> that happens to me all the time. I do this every week. T h e b a s h s m i t h. Awesome. Very so nice. if you're a Twitter person, then there's that too. No, don't follow him if you don't. Do you post ever on Twitter? No. Then don't want <laughs> to follow him. I mean, you. so I link. I don't it post to, on my YouTube page. So. It's linked to like my Instagram. So like, if I so, link okay, something on, in, I post something on Instagram, it'll go to Twitter also. Sometimes. I just like, recently went through my Twitter because I had it when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So I was just like a little emo kid, and I was like, Oh God, I'm so alone. <laughs> and like, if you go to my Twitter page that I'm not going to link up. I'm going to start using it again, I think, just a little bit. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to use Instagram more. Yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah. I, I'm i not good on Twitter. I, I just <laughs> don't have... A, I'm very dry and to the point now. And, you know, I just want to tell people to shut the fuck up and be yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that would be, like, my tweet every other day. And it's it's weird. It's just, like, just little me. snapshots of nothingness, yes. it seems like. It's like, you know, oh, I just had a thought. It's just, it's, like, it, it, it is stream of consciousness put digitally mm-hmm. does it help anybody no, no. not generally no. no i one of the bad things i have now we're just gonna keep this is the next hour okay. of the podcast. Now, <laughs> now that i have like being a child of the internet is what i say a lot um and the circle of guys that i knew we were very much always trying to one-up each other on what we found on the internet mm-hmm. so now everything bores me <laughs> like <laughs> facebook is boring twitter is boring instagram is boring reddit sometimes you can find something interesting but I've learned that because at such a young age, we were always trying to like, what's the craziest thing out in the world? What's this? What's mm-hmm. this? What's this? It's gotten just to a inundated point ourselves with all this crazy, all this shit crazy that shit that, that like, you're just like, all right, that's not crazy. Oh, I saw that like three years ago. That's not funny. Like, <laughs> there's this comedian that is terrible. like, he relates that same concept to like food mm-hmm. and oh. like with children. He was just like, it, it's it's ridiculous that we feed our kids like insanity, yeah, and then they freak out. Like we feed them stuff that's just loaded up with like sugar and preservatives, and yeah. they're like, yeah, and then they react to it, and then we hit them. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, as opposed like to just asking, be like, here's an apple. Yeah. Like, oh, this is delicious. Like, no, this tastes like shit compared to my, like, yeah. <laughs> Where's my like, cinnamon toast crunch, damn right? It's like, yeah. We're going to be great parents. Right? <laughs> I'm so excited. I talk about that all the time. And they're like, what? I'm like, I'm going to love my child. And then smack them in the face when they're being dumb. Not really. They're like, you're already going to abuse your child. I'm like, no. I'm going to show them more love than... Johnny across the street showing love yeah. to his kid. They're, I feel like it's gonna not be, hard. They're going to know they're from a love tone, but yeah. also know that like there are consequences to all of your actions. Yes. I feel like it's not and rewards really for your actions. Going. I feel like it's <laughs> not hard to show love to a child in today's day and age. No. I feel like we've dropped the bar so low that which is really sad. I don't. It's literally sometimes it's just quality time. Yes. Like, just get off the games. Get you know. Put you turn YouTube off. Mm-hmm. Dad, mom, put your put you know put Netflix away and just like spend some time with your kid. Yeah. Like, like it's not. 
it's not that hard. It's just uncomfortable at first. And once you make a <laughs> habit out of it, yeah. then it's something like I have a friend of mine, like who's a dad of two kids. He literally like schedules time where he and his wife are going to be hanging out with the kids from this time to this That's time. Awesome. They turn their phones off. They make sure they have like family days and things like, like that. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like mommy and daddy with Johnny and Lizzie. That's awesome. Their names. I don't know why I came up with those names, but like, yeah, it's, good names. yeah, like that's, <laughs> that's what it is. So I would definitely do that. And like, just schedule like nerf battles with my yeah. kids. We're like, Ooh. yeah, when we get home today, you be ready. I'm coming at you. Daddy don't play to lose. That's you. Like, <laughs> this is what Call of Duty is. <laughs> like, you don't need to pick up a video game. You're like you actually get to. Like, yeah, we're gonna do this for real. Yeah, we're gonna. This is real. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so we're gonna hang out. Cool. It's not a telephone call. We're gonna close out right here. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been really great. Brian, have a wonderful evening. Thank you for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure, man. Um, yeah. Everyone that's listening at home, be love, be life, be, and we'll see you on the next episode. Oh, that's a great love. Deuces. Yeah. Oh,